As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know you didn't do it, but it smells so gnarly that whoever walks in next is gonna think it was you. So you step outside, waving your hand to your nose And you point over your shoulder saying that wasn't me But they think that you're lying, sometimes that's how it goes They all think that you're proof while they were waiting to pee They all think that you're proof while they were waiting to pee Good Morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. On the Athletic Network, it's Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. I'm Jay Eskeeds, back in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! hey And last but not least, over yonder, super producer making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There hey. he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the video. Comment away there and subscribe. Hit 83,000 subs. We actually crashed through that. <laughs> We're closer to 84K, I think. That's a slight exaggeration. <laughs> but, uh, uh, keep subscribing. We are closer, though. Yeah, we are closer. <laughs> uh, go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And after you're done with today's classic, check out yesterday's Is This Good podcast with Matty O, JD, and myself. We had a long debate about the pros and cons of the hot tub. <laughs> uh, and uh, then we couldn't stop laughing when Matteo was trying to describe the different locations to sit in movie theaters. <laughs> the giggles uh, were unleashed. Uh, but it's, it's a fun one. And uh, yeah, do you guys have a quick opinion on hot tubs? Are they good? What do you think? My, my first inclination is yes, but my second thought... It's probably not. They're <laughs> yeah. a little gross. Uh, but anytime I see one, I want to dip my lower body in it. Yeah. You? I'm totally the same. First inclination. First thought, yeah. Second thought is, I'd rather not. Uh, and uh, there was the, the poll up on the Is This Good Instagram page. Saunas or hot tubs and whether or not uh, one is hornier than the other. Yes, that was yes. That was the term. What's the hornier one? <laughs> hot tubs or saunas? It's hot, hot tubs. It's hot tubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A sauna, That's why it's grosser. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, <laughs> you don't think that's stuff, a pro? Yeah. <laughs> stuff is happening in there. A lot of talk about the hot tub. Uh, so go check that out. Is this good? We had that up in the No Dunks feed. But I highly encourage you to go check out the YouTube feed again just to see us absolutely lose our shit <laughs> when Matt's trying to describe places to sit in a movie theater. I know how insane that sounds. Why would that be funny? For some reason, uh, it was. So go uh, go enjoy that after this classic. But we promised this to you last week. We even teased it a little bit, and we are making today's entire show about the Basketball Hall of Fame and active players and the case for a lot of these guys, whether, yeah, they're locks to get in, near locks, nah, probably on the outside looking in. This was all inspired by uh, an athletic article from Mike Vorkanoff, and, you know, he talked about the mystery behind who gets in to the Basketball Hall of Fame and why, but that is part of the fun. That's part of the intrigue. So... Just to remind you, we already showed you this last week. Mike had 15 active locks. We had 15 names here in alphabetical order. Giannis, Curry, AD, Durant, Embiid, Draymond, Harden, Dwight, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi, Dame, Chris Paul, Clay, and Westbrook. And even when we talked about this or had this up on the screen last week, we're like, yeah, okay. Uh, that's, that's fair. Yeah, some people angry. You know, at, at their particular case, like an Anthony Davis. Why is Anthony Davis there? Going to L.A., it helps sometimes. Uh, you go win a championship, yeah, and you go, helps. they'll look at the individual accolades, and he ain't done. Eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, and he's only 30. Um, so, yeah, there's you can you can hate on some. I, was, I think we should come up with the presenters for each of these guys. Who would these guys pick as their presenters when wow. they go in. Who would Kawhi Leonard pick oh, oh. as his presenter? I thought you meant as a collective from those 15 names, who would they elect as the guy to say, we're all going in together? That would be like probably LeBron <laughs> or Curry. But Come wow. Me. No, like, who would Kawhi pick? Yeah, yeah, Kawhi's a tough one. Who would Jokic pick maybe? Uh, like Paul Pierce? Would Kawhi pick Paul Pierce? <laughs> I guess Just maybe. LA, LA connection? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe he would pick one of the Spurs, but... Ended poorly yeah. when he left yeah. there. Yeah, so that, that would be know. an easy one. Would be yeah, Duncan, Manu, Parker, put them all up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any, any spur that goes in has to bring those guys yeah. in. Greg Popovich. That's tough. Who'd Harden pick? Paul Pierce. <laughs> Paul Pierce. Somebody's got to take yeah, him. I mean, there, there would be a club connection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be a good time. Interests. Well, yeah. and there's a lot of jokes already. Weekend. Harden's going to go into the Basketball Hall of Fame. It'll only be a matter of time until he has to be traded from it uh, <laughs> and try and make his way to the uh, Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Uh, anyway, those are the active locks. We don't need to go over those 15 names. Sure, if you want to say, what? Clay Thompson is a lock? Knock yourself out. But again, uh, we have no issue with Mike Vorkanoff's 15 names there. Now, there was also a part in his article retired locks and on that list it was Vince Carter and Carmelo Anthony hold on to those two names because we'll get to them uh, a little bit later in the show but this is why we're doing this one this is why we pod baby <laughs> active near locks six names on Mike Vorkanoff's list here and uh, man I feel like we could do 10 minutes on each of these guys but the active near locks for the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame Jimmy Butler DeMar DeRozan Luka Doncic Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Kyrie Irving. Okay, some interesting names. Uh, I, I guess I guess my first question off of this, I mean, we can go through them all, but which near lock there do you think should be considered more of a lock lock? You know what I mean? Like, is there anybody on, of those six where you're like, come on, Mike, 
Lock it in, baby. Uh, and they should be bumped up a tier. Or or do you agree with all six? TK, get us started here. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Rudy Gobert's a lock. Wow, you go to Rudy a Gobert nice of all those. A nice controversial one Rudy right Gobert is an absolute okay. locker-rooney. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year. That gets him in, basically. Three-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defense. He's Dikembe Mutombo for our generation. He's Dwight Howard for our generation. Who else would you consider? Ben Wallace. That's another Hall of Famer. Sure, sure. He's the, he was the best center defender in the league for seven or eight years. Had a great 10-year run, really. He's going to retire all-time top 50 in blocks, top 100 in rebounds actively. He's eighth in rebounds, fifth in blocks. Gobert is an easy lock here, and people are going to be like, what? Rudy Gobert? But he's getting in, no problem. You start looking at the guys yeah, in, in his archetype, like Dikembe, Rodman to some degree, those guys, Ben Wallace, if they're in, how is Rudy Gobert not in? I, I put him in, um, but I just wonder if those types of guys having already been in kind of hurts him a little bit in, in a weird way. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, let's look at Dikembe, eight-time All-Star versus Rudy, only a three-time All-Star. So those there's a, there's a difference there mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the respect he got around the league. Dikembe in a different sort of stratosphere. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, but, 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 you know, when you're that good on one end, it's kind of hard to keep him out. Uh, I always find it hard, you know, putting him in all, on an all-NBA team because he's lacking at that one end of the floor. If, if you, you know, you don't really have a game on the offensive end, are you one of the best three centers in the game? It's Kevin Matumbo like, averaged like 13 points yeah, a game during uh, his prime. Uh, ben Wallace couldn't dribble. Yeah. Shoot or score. <laughs> no, no there's, no, there's no doubt. Yeah, um, Rudy can dribble once for sure. And, and <laughs> he's, he's working and, on his three point shots. And he can, and he can dunk. Just it. lost his virginity. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he takes France to a gold here at the World Cup or, yeah, or yeah, even yeah. the Olympics in 2024, man. Yeah. Did they win? Case. Did they win the World Cup 2019? World right. Champion. Oh, they beat. They definitely beat Team beat, USA. Beat the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Did they get all the way? Anyway, you know, unlike Ben, obviously won a title. Um, Dikembe was damn close. So Rudy lacks that. Uh, the, yeah. the, the playoff experience hasn't, or the playoff success hasn't got to a final yet. It, what happens with a guy like Rudy Gobert is the perfect example, right? You went through all his accolades. He obviously is one of the best defensive players over the last easily decade, uh, from, especially when we've been like doing this show. He's like top three. But when you get into Hall of Fame talk, some people like to go, yeah, but was he ever actually one of the best players in the league? Like, was he, I mean, like, just remove all NBA, even though it helps us get to those selections, because I know they're changing it now, too, and we won't have to have that third center and all that. But was he ever considered, like, one of the best players? Um, And people will say yes, probably because they give a damn about defense, while many others, I think we would all agree, say no, he was not even close to that. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think part of this and why I sort of compare it like guys who didn't have an offensive game. I think we we think about it a little differently now. Centers kind of have to have an offensive game. Well, it was cool not to have one. <laughs> you know, it was okay not to have one sure. with, in those days. But if he gets a title, then you shove him in there. You know, without a, a question. Okay, who else mm. did you have maybe on that list besides Gobert as someone more of a lock than a near lock? Well. It's kind of odd to have Luca on here only having played five seasons, but you know, four all NBA teams, four all star appearances in five years. He's on he's on the path. I mean you could you could yeah. shove him in as a lock, I think. He he would be the on the on track 
yeah yes. list for me, yeah, which we'll I, I thought that. that was funny that he didn't make it to on track. He's got like one more All NBA appearance than Jason Tatum. Yeah, it is but, a little strange. Why right. wouldn't they I think be they're on both, the same list? I think they're both going to be locks, yeah. but <laughs> Luca as a on tra- uh, should just be on track. Uh, yeah. He's just so young. He's so young. The more yeah. the more fun guys to discuss are the guys who are later in their careers: the Butler, Paul George, Demar, and Kyrie. Right. Jimmy Butler's in for me because I'm caught up in the moment. I think <laughs> you know he went to Miami, and four years there, three conference finals or finals, two finals, one conference finals appearance, dragging his team there. Doesn't have the uh, the the career stats because he started slow uh, in Chicago. But he's got the story, and maybe it's just because we're here, right here, right now, and maybe I change my mind eight years from now, but I don't think so. I, I think he'll still have a good you know, 34 year and 35 year and 36 year thing he has going against him, as I say, 34, 35, 36. It's kind of old Yep. Um, yeah. You know, when looking at some of these other guys, but he needs somebody to come join him because he's, he's about to turn 34 if he's going to win a title and, and lock in a Hall of Fame berth. But uh, I, th- I think the voters say, I like this guy. So he's in, <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. I mean, I know I would, subjectively, yeah. I, I would do that. TK, would you as well? I think a title puts Jimmy Butler over the top, and I think he's pretty close right now. And if he retires in the perfect year, he could definitely get in. I, but I don't know. I mean, him and Paul George, I think it's funny that they're in this same list together because I don't know who I actually think is closer to a lock right now. Paul George probably had a better peak uh, than Jimmy Butler, but Ooh. Jimmy Butler has had more success, and he gets better in the playoffs. I don't know if you can always say that about Paul George. Yeah. I'm obviously more of a Jimmy Butler fan than a Paul George fan, but I think they're both they're both going to get in. Everybody gets into the Basketball mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Um, but who's closer to a lock for you guys? Neither of them won anything. <sighs> and Jimmy Butler was despised before he got to Miami. Mm-hmm. He has had a major reputational turnaround since getting to Miami because he spent like basically three years trying to get to Miami, and it pissed people off. Yeah, I wonder who is closer. Jimmy dragging a team, losing to LeBron in the finals, and losing to Jokic in the finals, where he was clearly the number one guy on his team. Uh, Paul George, far more career accolades. For me, Paul George is in two. Uh, He's been in the league 13 years, and he snapped his leg for one of them, so really just 12 seasons. He's made the All-Star game eight times. Six All-NBA, so top six at his position for half his years, essentially. Four All-Defense. Uh, he he got to a couple conference finals, yeah, took LeBron yeah. to seven games, took LeBron to six games. You lose to LeBron, shake his hand, that's fine. He got into another one where he took the Clippers to a conference finals. Unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard wasn't there to play the Suns in 2021 or else he gets to the finals. Uh, it's it's a little like uh, AD. Like if, if he sneaks in with a title, um, then he then he's there. Uh, yeah, but all all of these guys on the list, they win a title. I mean, then you can... Put them automatically yeah, to lock that's lock. True. That's why they're near locks. I mean, Kyrie's got one. He wins another one. Let's say, oh my God, of course he's in. That's an interesting one. Kyrie's yeah. an interesting Kyrie's one. a lock. Yeah, I think he's so. He's got a title. He's got an all-time classic shot yeah. Game 7 2016 finals. He was a rookie of the year. Eight-time All-Star already. Three-time All-NBA. And widely known as the guy with the best dribbling skills in the history of the league. He's in for sure. They might make him wait, though. Yes, yes. As we've seen before, mm-hmm. even with players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, and DeRozan. He's a, I mean, this was sort of the whole point of this article was really like, DeMar DeRozan, sneaky Hall of Fame case here as he plays more and more, as he's had like this sort of late career resurgence with Chicago, making all-star teams, scoring a lot. He's 39th 
on the NBA's all-time scoring list. DeMar DeRozan. He's not done. He's going to retire in the top 20. Probably. Um, And so, like, in in looking at this, this is a project The Athletic has done for a couple years here where you're looking at active players. They've always made the case, like, if you're an MVP, a finals MVP, a scoring champ, or in the top 50 all-time in scoring, you're basically in. Uh, You know, a a few exceptions there, but... Yeah, what what do you think? DeRozan well on his way, and is he the most like difficult one of this list? Where you're like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna play my one card here. It's my one time getting to say Mitch Richmond. If DeRozan gets in, he's the new Mitch Richmond. I don't think he's really a Hall of Famer. A six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. NBA. He's picked some up here uh, with the Bulls later in his career, but. He should be Hall of Very Good slash Very Cool because DeMar DeRozan is awesome to watch, but his career is going to be extended by coming to the league as a 19-year-old, getting to play until he's probably in his late 30s. So he's going to finish top 20 Mm -hmm. in scoring. He needs like another 5,000 points. That's like three seasons. Very reasonable that DeRozan gets there, but... DeRozan as a Hall of Famer? I know. Come on. I, know. I, I know. Yeah, I'm totally with you. He is the closest to the player that should not be named. Rich Mitchmond. Uh, that, that's, that's the player he definitely emulates the most. Not a ton of playoff success, but he could be like a Vince Carter. We'll get to Vince. But the first part of his career, you think, oh, he's, he's, he's skyrocketing. He is going to reach another stratosphere. Then the, the bar is lowered. Yeah, okay, he's not, he's not getting yeah. in. He's, he's just not good enough. Yep. And he could be helped with the end of his career just bumping up the sort sure. of the career stats. But he's six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. That's it. No Real playoff experience, one conference finals, where he was a samashied uh, by LeBron James in four games. It's it's as close as to to Mitch's as you can get. But if yeah, that it's the cumulative stats probably that gets him in, and just well being well liked, sort of like Vince Carter too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, players absolutely adore Demar Derozan yep. for sure. Uh, so if you're filling out your Hall of Fame ballot and you have to pick between one of these two things, someone that played 15 years at a at a very solid, you know, consistent sort of level, but maybe wasn't the best of the best. Long, long career I'm talking about, though. Or someone who, like, you know, was a star for a very short window. Call it whatever, three, four, five years, but was considered one of the best players in the game. Do you weigh one more than the other? Is one more impressive to you? Yeah, being one of the best players in the league. Even if it's for a shorter amount of time. Even if it's for a short amount of time, because we're getting to the point now where every NBA player plays 15 seasons. And the the, the nutrition, the training, things just make it easier so guys can stay healthy and stay productive for longer. So that's why you're seeing a guy like DeRozan finish so high in the all-time scoring list. But it's not uncommon at this point for players to play 15-plus seasons, where in the past it was like there was two guys in the league who would play that long, and it was always Kevin Willis was one of them. <laughs> it was always Kevin Willis and <laughs> and Robert Parrish. Parrish yeah. Those are the only guys who could play more than 15 years, and now it's like the eighth man on a roster plays 15 seasons. Yeah. So all those sort of cumulative stats you threw out there where the Athletic is saying top 50 in a bunch of different categories mm-hmm. gets you in, that's changing for sure because 20,000 points used to get you in. Antoine mm-hmm. Jameson's over 20,000 points. Joe Johnson's over 20,000 <laughs> points. LaMarcus Aldridge is over 20,000 points. Are those guys getting in? I doubt it. Yeah, shining brighter as, as a star, rising for uh, going further uh, is more important. Like, But that's what happened to Vince, really. He, he kind of, yeah, plateaued is a good word. 
And then he played another decade. And <laughs> yeah. then we said, he has it both ways. Yeah. So DeMar could be that guy. He yeah. seems to have the legs uh, to be able to do that. So, yeah, if he finishes top 20 in scoring, as Trey said, yeah, the, the debate shall be had. For and, then, sure. uh, and then I'll say it because I hasn't, haven't said his name yet. If he does win a title as sort of like a role player like Mitch Richmond did at the end of his career with the Lakers, I mean, then it may be really, maybe that's enough to cement him. Uh, into the Hall of Fame. There we go. We've all said <laughs> Mitch Richmond. That's it. No more. You got to pay ten bucks if you say it again. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on the on the near locks list there? As we've sort of gone through all these guys, it sounds like we almost are like yeah, uh, maybe besides DeRozan, and we'll it's obviously wait to see. Uh, you feel pretty good about the chances of everybody else on this list getting in? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, moving on then. Active in the mix. <laughs> Fun list here, but, you know, maybe one strange uh, inclusion. Uh, active in the mix, excuse me, four names, Andre Iguodala, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, and Jason Tatum. And I know this one on uh, on Instagram got people really riled up. Like, what? Why is Tatum on this list? Why is he in this tier uh, when you could put him in a couple other spots? Were you one of those people? Were you one of those... IG trolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't comment, but oh, okay. I do feel the same way. Uh, of those four players, I think Jason Tatum is the most likely to make the Hall of Fame. He should have been in the on-track category, yes. just like Luka Doncic should have. He's 25, yeah. but he's really, what, 17. Uh, he's already made three All-NBA teams, four All-Star teams. He's won an Eastern Conference Finals MVP. we got to start including that now, I love. <laughs> and uh, he's obviously made a Finals. He averaged 30.1 points per game last season. Why would he really slow down, you know, barring injury? So, yes. It's just a weird that he was on this particular tier. He's already, awesome. Yeah, he's got more accolades than all these other guys, basically. Not quite, um, but pretty damn soon. He'll have more points than all these guys. I was looking at their cumulative points by the time he's like 28. Like, he's he's got so much more time. He's at like 10,000 points. He led the league last year in total points, if you like that kind of stat. Um yeah, so it, the, yeah, we're talking about three sort of guys who made their way on this list because they were sort of role players on championship teams. Yes, and then you have Jason Tatum. We uh, are, we totally are really, different. we have now reached the point here of the Hall of Very Good, where we are like, ooh, do they have enough to actually get in? None of these guys feel like first ballot Hall of Famers. Iguodala, I'm talking Iguodala, Love, and Lowry here, but you know, could they still? eventually get in who has the strongest case of those three remove Tatum we all agree he you know he's well on track uh but of those other three who has the best case I think I would vote for Kyle Lowry as having the best case and maybe that's a homer take but he could easily end up a top 100 scorer all time top 20 in assists and top 50 in steals made one all NBA team a third team but six all-stars he is a hall of very good player yeah but he's also the best Raptor of all time and I think maybe you should get a little bit of a bump if you're your franchise's best player yeah, and on a championship team, he was either the the second or third best player. You know, depending how you look at Pascal Siakam. Well, like Iguodala, clearly not. You know, clearly the, the fourth. MVP, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got other three other locks on that franchise. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Curry, Clay, and um, Draymond Green. Well, Kawhi is the lock on that 2019 team where the Raptors got in, and that's it. And so Kyle gets a bump for that, uh, but. I think if he had Grote on his basketball reference page as an award, little little banner, <laughs> I think that would be nice. Six-time All-Star, one-time NBA champ, one-time All-NBA, and that's it. Those are all of his achievements. Put Grote on there uh, just for a little fun. Otherwise, 
I, I would put him in first too. Um, but you know, Kevin Love probably had the most, you know, highest scoring seasons out of the, these three mm-hmm. guys. Iguodala's got probably got the best reputation as a winner. You know, more mm-hmm. the the Robert Ory a little bit uh, type vibes, who obviously isn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Larry seems to. He's got the best story, I think. Like. Whoa, this guy, he's hes an a-hole. Nobody wants to be his coach. Uh, and starts rising and starts rising and starts rising. Now he is everybody's, you know, best bud. Uh, and the individual accolades are a little bit better than uh, Kevin Love, a tiny bit. I mean, depending how you look at it. Um, this is very similar to Kevin Love. Well, all but. three of those guys, AI, Iguodala, I'm talking about Love and Lowry, they don't have a lot of all NBA selections. I don't have it right in front of me, but they Love have, they has Love leads the way with two. Two. Okay. Iggy, Iggy has none. Iggy is a one-time All-Star. Wow. Four rings. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, Lowry's Basketball Reference Hall of Fame probability has him 92nd all-time, which was higher than I thought it was going to be, which is one spot above Chauncey Billups. And so Lowry would be the second highest ranked person on that list to miss the hall if he doesn't get in. We're looking forward here a little bit. But I bring up Billups there because it feels like Lowry's just waiting to see if Billups gets into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And if he does, that really bolsters Lowry's case, Lowry's case uh, down the line. If Billups doesn't, you know, miss out more years here, then I think, unfortunately, Lowry's sort of right, right in that ballpark. And Billups has the finals MVP over him. That's obviously the one thing Lowry doesn't have. But similar like similar careers. Definitely. And an impact, uh, no doubt. So I think it is going to be this, like, once Billups get in, gets in, eh, you know, I think Lowry down the line does as well. Um, and this is the basketball hall of fame. <laughs> These guys are all going to get in. Yeah. They are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're all going to get in. Oh, I don't know. Iguodala, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, there's there's that kind of player on like every good extended championship team. Like you mentioned, Robert Ory, he was the guy for the Spurs and the Lakers. Yeah. Shane Battier was there uh, for the Heat when they were winning their back to back titles. There's always that glue guy who makes the team really sing, and that's why your team is awesome. But not a guaranteed Hall of Famer. And I don't think. I mean, Iguodala did some incredible stuff, but just because he held LeBron to 30 points per game instead of 40 points per game doesn't make him a Hall of Famer in my book. <laughs> Yeah, the finals MVP is going to be interesting. To that, people will argue that that will be their argument. Well, that's so funny. We got we're we're at that point with Billups having one. We're obviously Iguodala. Um, there's a couple. Somebody else not in the Hall of Fame that has one. Cedric Cornbread that's Maxwell. Right, mm. Cornbread. The bread. Uh, but otherwise, it's like you're in usually if you get one of those. So yeah, we'll see here. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response why i'm a big emoji responder love a hang loose hand or a salute but man it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back ouch we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. 
This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on then. Active. Could see it happening. Four names on this list. But it's a little weird. Let me tell you why. This is a fun one. The four names on this Instagram account uh, that they shared out. Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Al Horford, and Rondo. But Beal's name was only on this slide. (laughs) And his name was nowhere to be found in the actual athletic article. So I don't know what happened. There's someone working on the social team at the athletic that is a huge Bradley Beal fan Mm. and decided to slip it in there. Mike Prada? Oh, maybe. Mm. He's a Wizards guy. That's right. That's right. So anyway, Or the writers of the article said, I don't want to write about Bradley Beal. Well, yeah, because... Which came first, the uh, Instagram post or the article? Beal's a three-time All-Star, only one All-NBA selection. Um, Obviously a huge scorer. He averaged, what, like nearly 31 points per game over two seasons? 117 games. He did miss some games there. He's played in in more playoff games than I thought, 45 playoff games, but he hasn't been to the second round since, like, 2017. Anyway, Beal, a quick thought on him, even though he shouldn't even be in this mix here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, man, I don't know if I got a 10. I don't know if I got a 10 on me because I went back and I watched Mitch Richmond's career-high basketball game, 47 points, and it was an NBA TV Twitter takeover. Mitch Richmond was answering questions. Oh, nice. And somebody said, who do you compare yourself to in today's NBA? Bradley Beal was Mitch Richmond. Man, they play very, very similarly. So maybe Beal will get in, but he would not have even made my short list, okay. which is probably why he didn't make the article. Yes, I think so. Again, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I got on that yeah. slide, but <laughs> let's look at the other names, Tass. Uh, who of the of the the other group, the other guys here has the strongest Hall of Fame case to you? Griffin, Horford, or Rondo? Tough, I know. It Splitting is, hairs. It is tough. Blake Griffin for me, but that's totally because he's in my Hall of Fame. I, I, looking at his accolades and his pl- lack of playoff success, I don't think he necessarily gets in. But he just holds a special place in my heart I, because when we got our first job, it was like 2010, this was the rise of Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And this was sort of the rise of social media too, and there was only one social media platform. So we were all on Twitter watching what Blake was going to do next, and it was it was just a fun communal experience. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna Who's gonna record their TV first? Because no one was really good. <laughs> no one was really good at Great ripping call. stuff off League Pass um, or the internet. And there was only one platform. No one was watching on YouTube. Nobody was watching on IG at this point. No one was watching on TikTok. What at about this point. Vine? So we were all there. Yeah, Vine was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember was, some Blake Griffin dunks on he Vine. He would have been great on Vine. Yeah. Yeah. He was damn good on Vine. Uh, so. It just hits home for me. I, I, that 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 experience hits home for me. It was a fun few years. Six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. I wouldn't put him in. I don't think I'd put Big Al in. I don't think I'd put Rondo in. And I wouldn't put Beal in, okay. uh, as okay. dirty as that sounds. But This is why this is the could-see-it-happening yeah. list, yeah. but maybe not. Who else is in the Tasmellis Hall of Fame, though? Interesting. Or, or what other objects? <laughs> objects. Well, you like yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
Go <laughs> like, I can't think of the brand name right now, but there's one particular. Wait, like them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. no, I moved on. That's John what? Stamos's. I moved on. That's John Stamos's brand. Okay. Faye is the brand. Oh, oh yeah, you do it. love Faye. You F-A-G-E. love Faye. Put it in your Hall of Fame. I, I don't eat yogurt anymore. <laughs> I mean, there was a time. That was good. Composting. Recycling. That'd be in your Hall of Fame. <laughs> You're damn right it would be. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to make a short thing. here. <laughs> the Taz Bell is Hall of Fame. Nah, just Blake Blake could be a short on its own. Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I, I wanted to go long on Blake. I wanted to talk about, you know, dunking on Kendrick Perkins and dunking on Mozgov. Like for the first half of the twenty tens, he was the most exciting player. You know, for the twenty tens, I I'd call him the most exciting player for a decade. So, you know, it's it's just basketball fandom. He got he got me going, but the other dudes. Um, otherwise, that's it. Uh, I can't put Al in. I can't put Rondo in. Can you make a case for one of those guys more than the others? Al Horford, two NCAA titles. <laughs> He's <laughs> in. He, he is in. Uh, or if he was an early NBA player, he would get in for that reason as well. I I, I have Blake as well having the strongest case here, just because we were talking about peaks, and he did have a great peak. Yep. Most entertaining player of the 2010s. I don't know if that's the peak, but five-time All-NBA, third in MVP in the 13-14 season. Blake was awesome. His career got derailed by injuries, uh, of course. I think Rondo has an interesting case. Two championships, yep. very far apart. Three times he led the league in assists. Four-time All-Star, though. Some of that was a Celtics bump playing alongside a uh, uh, multiple-time inductor Paul Pierce. He was only <laughs> All-NBA third team one time. Four times All-Defense, got a lot of steals. But the last half of his career, Rondo was playing like less than 30 minutes a game, under 10 points per game, under 10 assists per game. He was basically a bit guy or a journeyman until he got to the Lakers again late in his career and was very helpful there. And maybe that second title puts him over the edge, but I think he's just on the outside looking in. Yeah. I don't particularly get swayed by that second title. He had to do more as a primary guy, I think, for me. And, yeah, he got he got help definitely playing with the, the big three in Boston. And a four-time All-Star, but... Yeah, I like I like I look at it and the second title is, you know, sort of what what GP got when he got his title at the end of his career, but he did more as a number 1 guy getting to the finals mm-hmm. with with right, the Sonics. Right. And so yeah. It's a weird career when you look at Rondo's super basketball weird career. Page. Yeah. Like it is impressive, like, you know, obviously leading the league in assists and uh all the defensive uh, nods he got. He was on all rookie. Like I mean, he's done a lot. <laughs> he's has the has the rings like you guys just went over, but wasn't ever really considered one of the yeah, outside of one year making one All-NBA selection. He was never like he was probably always like if you were making a list every year, Rondo was probably coming in, I don't know, in the 20s to 30s. I would like I'm talking like in the Celtics days, like before the end of his career, maybe a little higher. Probably 20s to 30s yeah. makes sense. I mean, Good. he was racking up assists, he was racking up steals, and he was playing next to three Hall of Famers, so his job was fairly easy. But he excelled at it, and then once he left Boston, he was just like in the wilderness basically until he finally got to LA and became an important player again. Yeah, had some problems with a bunch of teams in Dallas and Sacramento, so that could hurt his case with just yeah burning some bridges. Uh, I think his case will be, you know, the first modern player to win a title with the Celtics and the Lakers. That'll be his uh, his case, I think. Other than uh, Clyde Lovelett, who won with the Minneapolis Lakers and the Boston Celtics mm, way back when. Justice <laughs> for Clyde. Um, Clyde. I'm glad you brought up he's in. Clyde Lovelett is in. Oh, he's in. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> no justice for Sick. Clyde. We don't need it. Lo- uh, Lovellet, actually. <laughs> Lovellet. I'm glad you brought up Horford's. <laughs> 
to championship champ two championships yeah. is what I'm trying to say uh because I do find when people make all st- or hall of fame cases for players like it's funny to see what they pick and what they have to pick sometimes yep. and so like I do you care at all honestly about NCAA championships Olympic golds all-star game MVPs uh what else do people try like even like a three-time assist leader or you know steal leader like do you care about those type of things or do you at least can can agree with your or, or like you realize you do it for some players because you almost have to and you want to that it's sense? definitely the last thing to consider yeah. uh outside of the nba but the fact that it's a pro basketball hall of fame rather than just an nba basketball hall of fame means you got to consider yeah. college titles and it definitely puts some players over the top, uh, and I think that could be the case for Horford. The funny thing to me, though, is that definitely international play is included, but only if it's before you come to the NBA. Because if you go and play in China, or we're going to talk about Amari Stoudemire later, he played in a couple of leagues in Israel, and straight up dominated, right? But, like, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter if it comes after your NBA career, but if he were dominating in, or, you know, like, Luca's international career is already factoring in to him becoming a lock, uh, because it came before he got to the NBA. But if he were to go back and play for Barcelona uh, after his career is over, people would be like, okay, this is the end of his career. He's just having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Or even during, like, I, I know it's international play and not like league international play, but, you know, Pau Gasol had some awesome Spanish teams. We just watched him go in. There's a little bump for that, but not much. Definitely. Yeah. I, well, I actually think there will be, or hopefully will be, even more consideration to having success in olympics world cups and stuff like that as the leagues or the the world gets better and better and better and it's not a given that the states are always going to win and it's like it's also showing oh yeah you were you were one of the best to be selected to that team like it's becoming more and more of a an achievement in my mind but like you know when the dream team and dream team two and all that are just waxing the rest of the world like i don't put much stock into those golds i'm sorry i just don't it's like they sent the whole team in uh, yeah right <laughs> right uh, later's in there because yeah. he's on that squad but i think as it goes on i mean maybe yeah like i'm i was sort of joking and it was in the article but like if rudy gobert does really lead france or luca let's say with slovenia whatever to an olympic gold because for whatever reason we still care about the olympics more than the FIBA World Cup right now, um, that'll help someone's case. Like, it's a bump, no doubt. Mm. Especially if you're not, um, you know, expected. Like, look, if Patty Mills leads the Boomers to a, a World <laughs> Cup gold here in a couple weeks, probably not going to be enough to get him into the Hall of Fame. But, God, it doesn't hurt some of these guys that are on the fringe. I don't know how many titles did he get with the Spurs. Oh, I got to check. Yeah, I gotta true, check. It's true, it's true. Okay, well, let's keep going here. One. Active. <laughs> on track. Long list. Bam out of bio. Devin Booker, Shea Gildas Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. This is a new tier that Mike Workenough came up with uh, compared to the other seasons with Rob Peterson running the show. Yeah, thoughts on this idea of an on-track list and uh, who there maybe would you put at the top of the list as like, eh, they're, to me, they're a lock. Uh, nothing, nothing for certain in life, but <laughs> of all of them, the most lockiest. TK, who would you go with there? Uh, looking at that list, I see zero locks. Zero. Because to me, it means a lock means your career is over. You're in the Hall of Fame. Like, if these guys decided not to play today, none of those guys uh, make the Hall of Fame. Mm. If you're looking at the longest track record of success, it's Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, and Carl Anthony Towns. 
I think Mitchell and Bam are probably going to get some more awards over the course of their NBA career, whether it be all-star appearances, all-NBA appearances. Both of them could do both, whereas Towns, questionable if he makes another all-star game despite a really hot start to his career. If I'm looking at those players, though, I think Bam makes it. I think Booker ends up making it. Jaron Jackson Jr., I think, will be a Hall of Famer. Donovan Mitchell. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think, is quite likely to make it. Dra Morant should make it. The only two I have out right now are Cat and Trey Young. Mm. Just because I feel like uh, people have kind of written their stories already, and they got to turn it around, much like Dirk Nowitzki did. Damn. Um, yeah, to, to see Triple J and... That would be a, an incredible story. Guys like that, bam, in there. Uh, but I do agree. That there's a reason they're on this slide called On Track. Um, most of these guys are on track. Trey is an interesting one uh, because of where, where his career has gone. But he can do it. Uh, I, I would say Booker, to me, you know, despite not having a ton of accolades, three-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA, kind of got screwed by... Um, getting injured this year or else he would have had more he scored so much in his career and now i think the playoff success is coming like he has had seven straight years of 22 between 22 and 28 points that's a lot of scoring so he's had like thirteen thousand points uh and the playoff success is coming i think he's just he's got that dog in him so i think he will have that playoff success and he will have those accolades so i think he's going to bump himself to the top of this active on track list uh, Mitchell and Jaw shouldn't be far behind. Um, you know, if, if Jaw can get things right there as well. Okay, here's a better question then: Who else should be added to this on-track list of active NBA players? Was there a name that got overlooked? I, th- I think the, the I'll make a case for Jamal Murray, who has zero All-Star appearances. Whoa. None. None. Which is nuts. Yeah. But uh, I could see a world where he plays his whole career with the Nuggets, gets four, five, six All-Star appearances. Maybe wins the second title. Yeah. Then, hey, stay then attached. Stay case. attached to Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> Jokic yeah, exactly. chances of all this, and you'll probably make the Hall of Fame. That's a good point. Jok- Jokic will, will essentially get him there. Okay. Um, but it's, yeah, he's. It's weird because he's been in the league technically seven years, only played six years because of injury, and had zero All Star appearances, but won a title. And it's hard to put him on track because of that. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think he's good enough, and maybe he'll sneak in and play for in the. Uh, World Cup final for Canada and win a title as well. So, yeah, it's tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough question. But uh, maybe it's recency bias there with Jamal Murray, but I think he could. Anyone else? Jalen Brown, I think, is probably in the mix. Two-time All-Star. He just made All-NBA this season. He's already had a long career, so his counting stats are going to be good. Already a lot of success with the Celtics, but he would need to win a title in Boston. I think, to to really be considered here. I don't think he's on track right now, but being that good, that young, gives you a chance to have an incredible career. And I think that that's the way he's pointing right now. But what if I told you? Go on. There was an NBA player. By the time he was 24 years old, was a three-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA, and two-time All-Defense, also one Rookie of the Year. That guy feels like he's on track. That's Ben Simmons. Hmm. I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> point, I, I think he's on the outside Things looking in at this point. Things can change. Yeah. Wow. What a start to his career. By 24, three-time All-Star, yeah, All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, two-time All-Defense, and we might never see him play again. I hope we do, but yeah, you might be right. Wow. So, look, yeah, well, that list, I mean, what you're getting at here is no way they all make it. There's not a chance. Something's going to happen. 
to one, two, three, four of these guys. And then, of course, there'll be a whole other crop coming up. And there's other names. You guys are listing some good ones, like, you know, that have, like, got at least early accolades. It's what it feels like you need, right? You need, like, some all-NBA selections here early, obviously some all-star games that you've appeared in early, early, early. I mean, who else is there? Like, De'Aaron Fox obviously has some stats here, but not a lot of accolades yet. Um like I guess Sabonis, Anthony Edwards. Uh, yeah. He is doesn't have the accolades to make the on track yeah. list yet, but he will be on the on track list at the end of next season. Sure. Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a guy here on this on track list that didn't jump out to me as a guy who screams Hall of Famer, but he's very young. Uh, he's still pretty young. Um, so twenty, he'll be twenty four soon. Well, the idea is he defense. and he's going to be yeah on all these all defensive teams. Probably wins a couple more defensive players of the year. And, and becomes a little bit like the Rudy Gobert of like his sort of next wave here. That's exactly and how that's what, I was figuring it for yeah. kind of him and for Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Once you get into the making all defense teams mix, it's hard to get you out of there. Yeah. These guys are so young, they're going to have six or seven appearances apiece, not to mention however many DPOYs they win. Yeah, that's why Iguodala is going to get in, two all defense teams. I think that's that's the where I cut off the accolades. I'm like, okay. Sometimes the all-defense, it, it, unless it's a big number, like two, it's just not enough. Two's not enough for you. Yeah. doesn't really sway an argument for me. Okay. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. When it comes to all those tiers and the Hall of Fame, who should be bumped up? Who should be removed? Who should be added to the on-track tier? Let us know as you are right now in the stream team. Let us know in the comments and tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free-throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Any other thoughts on any of those lists, guys? Or you want to get to Tweet of the Night, which is also <laughs> Basketball Hall of Fame related. Let's just do it, J.D. Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. We're debating guys that are going to play another 15, 20 years. Let's talk about now, goddammit. ESPN NBA tweeted recently, who should enter the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2024? Yeah, we're talking next August. We got a graphic here with some names. Vince Carter, Jamal Crawford, Chauncey Billups, Amari Stoudemire, Joakim Noah. He won some college titles. And uh, Sean Marion. Six names there that they've included. Um... So that's the cue, guys. Who's on your uh, Who's on your 2024 
basketball Hall of Fame ballot. Any of those guys? All of those guys? <laughs> what do you got? What a story with Vince Carter. That's, that's a story. <laughs> a dozen years into the league, thought there was no chance that he was he, – he made me fall in love with the game. Um, but then seeing what happened with him going from Toronto to New Jersey to Orlando where he went to his first conference finals and it really was a, not a fun conference finals for him against the Boston Celtics, then going to Phoenix and Dallas, and people thinking, oh, this no way. And then he plays another decade, and he's at 25,000 points, and everybody loves him, and he's played the most years of any NBA player ever. Uh, he gets in. There's no doubt. He, he actually could have had more years in the NBA if he wasn't four-year <laughs> college guy played a lot in college hmm. um so it was either a three or four year uh as i see here he, he joined the nba at 22 three he, years yeah. three okay uh he's in that he's in with a bullet um i agree i wouldn't have thought so though i agree and, and here's why <laughs> it's the hall of fame that last word is sort of important because we it's not hall of rings and it's not hall of accolades and hall of all defensive selections and stuff like that fame and I do like to look at the Basketball Hall of Fame as can we like do we need this particular player in there to tell the story of basketball to help like to to tell a kid about oh this is what was going on in this era and this is what was these were the key players and that doesn't just mean they won they won they won I mean we have basketball reference to tell us that Vince Carter was a superstar and I also like if you're the best at something in the league that's really going to help your case. Dennis Rodman was the greatest rebounder of all time. He's in. Good. He yeah. won a bunch of rings, too. Five titles. Five titles. He helped that. I mean, rebounding proved that you can help win rings. But Vince Carter is also the best dunker in an in-game we've ever seen. That helps his case, too, for me. But the fame part, he was like, like, act, like yeah, he's, he, he, I don't think you can correctly tell the history of basketball by not including Vince Carter, in my opinion. I think you're like omitting something very important, I guess is what I'm getting at. So I think that's why it helps him to get in. So I got him in there. That was a sweet dunk contest. <laughs> it was. Well, he's got the best dunk contest in international basketball history. Where he junks over Frederick. Yeah, yeah best, best dunk, excuse me. Uh, he's probably got, yeah, probably eight of the top ten dunks in-game in, in history. Yeah, and the dunk contest, of course. But I think it counts. I think it matters. I think it matters at the very end. Uh, sure. Because, like, Zach Levine is the best dunker in the NBA right now. That guy's not close to a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He didn't even make these lists. But Vince is the only lock on here because he was famous, a great dunker, he had an incredibly long career, and oh, by the way, he was one of the best players in the league early on with the yeah. Raptors, and even when he was playing with the Nets as well, 25 a game easily. He left a lot on the table, which is the, the criticism for Vince for the early part of his career, but he earned it back by playing Five seasons at the end of his career where he averaged five points per game, and people are like, oh, he does love basketball. And that really changed people's minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like the yeah the fame, the glamour part. Part of this game is being flashy. So I, I like having uh, one of the best dunkers, the best dunker for me, uh, in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm totally good with that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I like him. It, does it help a little bit that he's in a class here with other guys who aren't locks? Yeah, I think so. Because mm -hmm. that's that's how the Basketball Hall of Fame works. If you are the lockiest of the locks, you're getting in, even if it it ain't that locky. Uh, because, yeah, compared to Sean Marion and Mari Stoudemire, Vince right now has the reputation to beat all those guys out. Mm -hmm. There's a great sort of, to illustrate that point, Mike Vorkanoff wrote, Chauncey Billups, Hall eligible since 2018. Chauncey Billups made five all-star teams, three all-NBA teams. 
He cracked the top five on the MVP ballot once. He won a championship as the Pistons' best player, and he took home the NBA Finals MVP award. Strong case there, right? But he's not in. Tim Hardaway Sr., also a five-time All-Star, five All-NBA teams, he got one first team, and he cracked the top five on the MVP ballot once, never made it to the NBA Finals. He was inducted in 2022. (laughs) So it is a little weird, but I think a part of it is the class that's going in at that time. And obviously how many times you've been on the ballot and I get all that, but like, that's a perfect example of like, Tim Hardaway Sr.'s in, but Chauncey Billups isn't? Huh? Mm. (laughs) Well, that means Chauncey Billups is probably getting in this year. Probably. Yeah. Because he's probably got the second best case of these players. Vince, the only lock Uh, for me. Obviously, Billups has had a few chances uh, to get in at this point, but he does have the championship. He was a really good player uh, during his era, made numerous All-NBA teams, numerous All-Defense teams. So he's probably number two uh, of these six guys, which means good odds of getting in this year because they don't want to have a short show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can't just put one or two guys in. They yeah. can never do that. So that's why Sean Marion's got a great case. This might be his best chance uh, in, in terms of who he's going in with Because you think you'd sort of have him third? Have him third, uh, but voters... You may not want to put somebody who's not a, a, a first ballot lock in on the first try here because this is the first time he's eligible mm. and he may not get in there. But, you, yeah, you want to have at least three basketball in terms of the NBA Hall of Fame inductees being presented, right? You want three. Like you said, you want a long show. <laughs> You're and, going Marion over Jamal Crawford? Yeah. I'm going Marion over Jamal Crawford. More playoff success. Uh, and yeah, more counting stat. I guess m- maybe more counting stats, depending on the stat. Um, and more podcasts yeah. done by us on why Sean Marion is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I feel like we've done like eight at yeah, this point have. over the years. Yeah, which uh, I think I've changed my mind. I think I'm out on Sean Marion now. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, go on. Why he's like the fourth guy on that team? Which team? Precisely. <laughs> oh come on, he's the he's the number two two A on the Suns. To what? Uh, I mean, these, Sp- these Nash is number one. Stoudemire okay, yeah. is number two. Yeah. Easily. Well, two A. Okay, so oh, come on, <laughs> number come three. On. Sean, okay, Sean Marion was awesome on those teams. Come on. Yeah, but <laughs> you, slot, you could slot in a lot of guys to play the Sean Marion role on that team. How dare I? Don't know about that. That's too. That's too far. That's too far. Maybe. Maybe our Jeff could have been that guy. Yeah. The- Andrew Wiggins would be a Hall of Famer if he played with Steve Nash. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Rudy Gay could have played the Sean Marion role, nah. I would argue. Hog. Too hoggy. <laughs> uh, Sean, Hog. Mar- <laughs> Sean Marion cared about the game. Uh, yeah, so Andrew Wiggins going to get in for playing with Steph. Um, maybe. Probably not. Uh, but then he won a title with the Mavs. People forget that. If he doesn't have he was, that, he if he, if he does not have, and he played really well there, obviously it was pretty instrumental. He could, have, he could call him the second best player. You might be wrong. Tyson Chandler, on, Jason Terry on okay, that match. Jason Kidd. Nah, he was not. He's uh, old. But that that has even got him like in the running here, getting that. Yeah. So. And and being part. But uh, you know, if, if you tr- show up against LeBron James, people are going to talk about you as a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's kind of what it comes down to. Marion has this weird thing, though, too. He's like, would be a Hall of Famer if he played with Steve Nash. Guaranteed. (laughs) Well, Marion has this weird thing, too, where he has, like, all these cumulative stats across, like, all of the categories, right? I I don't have – it's like he's one of the rare guys that have, like, whatever the threshold you want to put it at is in steals, in blocks, in rebounds, in assists, in points, because he's, like, sort of that – I mean, he's that type of player, like, Mm -hmm. which is sort of Iguodala-like, too. It's like they – 
they just can do everything and they could, were really they were good at everything but maybe not great at one thing if that makes sense so yeah. of course defensively was probably his strong suit yeah and yeah playing with Dirk dragged him to a championship I mean the guys who are sort of really good players need championship titles like Anthony Davis not a lock until he played with LeBron mm-hmm. and he won a title there's lots of guys like that uh, so yeah and Nash didn't drag anybody to the championship, but dragged him to different heights. Why is Jamal Crawford in for you? Yeah, I was just going to ask Best that. six man ever. Yeah. That goes with my uh, thinking. If you're the best at the one... So, no, it's it a weird, weird one. It is it's weird. a weird one, but he is. You're judged differently if you come off the bench. Yeah. You don't have to have the counting stats, but he's got three six man of the year awards. And that's incredible. So I guess, uh, I mean, I think, I think it was Lou Williams said that him and Jamal Crawford should both be in. Feel like you can only take one of them. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> and right now it'd be Jamal because he's up for grabs. Twenty years in the NBA, this guy played. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's got that love of the game too. That, that always helps the our game. case, man. Yep. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like I love this list. I mean, I like where we're getting into these guys. Like, oh, just maybe not. Like, and then Amari Stoudemire. Let's round it out there. And, and Joakim Noah. Uh, are they lower? Uh, Joakim, you talk about a personal Hall of Fame. Joakim mm-hmm. Noah is right. in my personal Hall of Fame quite easy, but he is the kind of player that a ring of honor is made for or getting your jersey retired. Yes. Unfortunately, teams have different um, requirements uh, or regulations for choosing how they want to retire players. Uh, so maybe it doesn't happen with the Bulls just because they tend to not retire jerseys. Uh, but he, I would hang his jersey in my house. As for Amari Stoudemire, he should make the Hall of Fame for what if. He's not a name that gets brought up a lot for injuries derailing a career. It's usually Derrick Rose, Penny Hardaway, Brandon Roy comes up sometimes. But Amari, as a rookie, before he had his very first knee injury with the Suns, he was putting up 37 a game on Tim Duncan in his prime. Amari Stoudemire, like, LeBron was the best athlete in the league throughout his career. Amari, when he was healthy at the beginning of his career, is probably the number two guy. Tim or Dwight, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's Tim or Dwight. And Amari was uh, like all NBA player as well. He did have the knee injury, came back, and suddenly he could shoot jumpers, still scoring 25 a game alongside Steve Nash there. Then eventually his body really uh, broke down once he finally got to New York, and it was a short run for Amari, and he was usually giving it back on the other side. But that's a guy that should get brought up more often for what would have happened if he never got hurt. Yep. Uh, Jerome chiming in here on Slack. That 2024 group we just showed you, ESPN's tweet, had Jerome's uh, two-fifths of his perfect player when we did squad. <laughs> Vince That's Carter true, yeah. and Jamal Crawford. Uh, I guess what, in athleticism and handles, handles. he went with uh, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, let's hear uh, who's on your 2024 basketball Hall of Fame ballot uh, from those six guys or maybe someone that's uh, obviously up again to possibly get in. Let us know who you're taking. Any other thoughts, boys, on the Hall of Fame? <laughs> glad we did this. That's good. I'm glad we made it its own show. You're right, Tassie. We're right on that one. We were going to slip it in, mm. back half of a show with a bunch of other information. Too good. In August, Too man, good. in August, this is its own show. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let us know in the comments uh, your thoughts on all these guys' chances of making the Basketball Hall of Fame. Also, tell us, do you want to just, like, start over? NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Okay, we can make a lot of content out of that. <laughs> We're starting over. <laughs> Just, Who's out? That would be incredible. Like, sorry, all these other basketball. I, I did read this, and I don't know if it's true, so I'm going to go with it. The Hall is, like, I'm always joking even. I've done it already on this podcast. Everybody gets in. Everybody gets in. Everybody gets in. It's a little more exclusive than people think. 
Apparently, only 111 NBA players are in the hall, representing 3% of all NBA players over the last 75-plus years. And the rest of the 400 inductees are international players, coaches, female players, executives, owners, contributors. So I was like, okay. But we're always joking that everybody gets in. But it's all, it, it is still a pretty damn small percentage and prestigious to get in. It's just this, it's this mystery around it. Of like, why does so-and-so get in, but so-and-so doesn't? And who the hell's even voting on it anyway? <laughs> right? I think that's what goes on here. Where, yeah. where it differs than uh, at least the baseball fan. Yeah. Put your name on it. Or it's just Jerry Colangelo just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. You're, 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 uh, Jerry picks. <laughs> Sean would be in then. Jerry's rules. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. All right. Let's call it there, guys. Uh, reminder, though, starting on Friday, it's FIBA World Cup time. And we're going to be doing some playbacks. August 25th, our first game, lock it in. Canada, France. That's a big game for the group. Mm, we. Yeah. Huge game. We. we. Uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And then you see some other games we've got here. First States game, USA versus New Zealand. That's on Saturday. These are early mornings here on the East Coast. Very early for you West Coasters. But come join us on playback, playback.tv slash nodunks. You can join our room, and then we'll fire these up. Uh, a lot of these games are like ESPN Plus, and maybe some are on ESPN. Yeah, the U.S. games are on ESPN. And then the and other then, ones, ESPN Plus. And then the Plus. Plus. <laughs> and the Plus. <laughs> so, yeah, you see the whole schedule. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but uh, oh, even a little bonus game in there. <laughs> a little Wait, bonus stick around for the Brazil-Spain huh? game there. I want to see the Bruno Caboclo versus Wancho game. How yeah. was... Um, I didn't see much of it, only s- some highlights. Uh, the the Greece-USA warm-up game. Greece fought. They fought? They fought. A lot of Walker Kessler that game. How did my guy do that was on the thumbnail? Okay. He's pretty good. <laughs> they should have played him more, actually. <laughs> yeah, we talked about him. Yeah, he's, oh, good. He should be a second-round draft pick next year. Oh, he's really good. And he's young. He's pretty good. Ish, I guess. He's 22. He's okay. going to He's gonna be good in the NBA. The Greek coach wasn't letting him stretch his wings oh, quite no. enough. Wow, okay. Tass said maybe a little bit too more, too much of a freelance player for the FIBA game. Yes. So that, that's good in the NBA. That's yeah. right. Go get you a bucket, Nikki Rags. Nikki Rags. Is that what we're calling him? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, the stream <laughs> team, or the, the, the playback team called him that because his last name is so hard to say. Well, I'm going to call so it now, Nikki Rags for the Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, if we're including international players. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Once they upset... Uh, you know, the States on Monday. Yeah. And they go on to win the whole thing. And Nikki Rags wins MVP of FIBA World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him in there. All right, guys. So we'll see you there uh, on playback. we got no bunts coming up uh, tomorrow. Go check out Is This Good? And if any big news happens with Damian Lillard or James Harden, this is turning into a Matt Damon bit on uh, the, the Kimmel show. <laughs> Where, uh, sorry, we ran out of time to talk about those guys. But if, uh, yeah, if one of them gets traded, obviously we'll do an emergency podcast. But uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you share the show, tell your friends, and uh, we'll at least see you for those playback games starting on Friday. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, the first Laker slash Celtic to make the Hall of Fame. The first guy who won with the Lakers and the Celtics. Not Rondo. It's Clyde Lovellet. Uh, R.I.P. to Clyde Lovellet. You know his nicknames. This, these are great. I, had, I, won't, I won't look it up. I okay. didn't. I didn't. It's. It has to. I guess he was a bigger person. Big okay. Daddy Love. What, no, Wide Clyde. No. Oh. No, it has, Clyde the Wide. No, it has nothing to actually do with his name. Oh. Um, uh, so the ta- lar- tower. The, the largest of sea animals. The whale. Whale man. He was called the whale. <laughs> also called Brendan Fraser. Also called. <laughs> I'm going to watch that. I watched it. You like it? Mm. 
No, I got it. No, not okay. really. <laughs> Plane? You plane watched it? No, no, I watched it at home. Oh. Uh, he was also called Jelly Belly. <laughs> Boomer and Boom Boom. <laughs> I like this guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Clyde Lobelli. Uh, embrace the day, people.